0: Hello and welcome to the brand new series of the On The Ward podcast. Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the closed doors of Psychiatric Hospital? Well, I'm John Barry Waldron. I'm a senior staff nurse working at St. Andrews. And let me introduce you to some of our patients who are happy to share their mental health journey with you as part of the On The Ward podcast. For this episode, we are really lucky that uh, one of the patients said I could join them on one of their walks around the ground so I'm just gonna go and up to the ward now and meet her all right so I'm on the ward now Look, so anyway I'm here with one of the patients and we're about to get signed out is that right yeah. so if you could just talk us through how do we like how do we get out
1: um so before you go out you have to get risk assessed by a nurse and um, you get your description written down so that everyone knows what, what you're looking like in case you abscond or something. Um, yeah, and then once you get signed out, we go head downstairs. OK,
0: so we have to go through this big door. It's got yeah. a big, huge red light on it. So it's a no, green light. OK, we're well, all right. We can go through.
1: Yeah, so there's quite a few locked doors that you have to go through before you actually manage to get outside. Yeah.
0: So we're in kind of an airlock bit here. And out through that and go through another set of doors here and these are all kind of locked doors so you have to use a fob to unlock all these doors yeah
1: yeah um, so you have to go if you're on the ward you have to go through five five or six locked doors to get outside
0: okay and and, and now we are outside so we're out onto the grounds of the hospital so I suppose why is
1: it important for you to get outside having leave has been really important for me like making progress in recovery having walks around the grounds is really useful it's nice to get outside it's nice to get off the ward a bit um and yeah just it builds up that freedom and getting more into the outside world
0: um i suppose we could start from the top really so i guess how did you end up in in the hospital
1: um, so I have been in hospital for three years. I was transferred here about 14 months ago um, and I was very unru- unwell with anorexia and borderline personality disorder. Um, my risk was very, very high. I was self-harming a lot, requiring um, A&E and having operations like weekly as well for that self-harm. Um, I was needing tube feeding as well because of my anorexia um, and I had two members of staff with me at all times. So when I came here, things were quite bad. I've been in 10 other psychiatric units aside from here. Um, so I've had my fair share of places that I've been to, um, but my treatment here has been very um, different to other places and I've like finally turned a corner and I'm making like, progress towards recovery. I think the massive thing for me here has been the like rapport and relationship between myself and staff and so being here and having staff that genuinely care um genuinely want to help and being sort of like that family that you're living with because you're away from home you're having to get on with all these new people and here the massive difference for me has been that they genuinely care um, they genuinely want to help and you've just got that really good relationship which is so important. I think that's why I've made like so much more progress here. Since being here I've started dialectical behavioural therapy which is the treatment pathway for BPD. Um, and then I have also changed, my medication was changed um, quite like drastically since being here as well and I think that's made a really big difference too. It's really helped and really changed things for me.
0: And you you mentioned about you doing the therapy.
1: Yeah, so, yeah.
0: And you're doing the DBT. Yeah. And whereabouts are you in that? Because it's like a year cycle? Yeah, so
1: DBT is a six-month cycle of um, individual one-to-one therapy and then also group therapy. So I've done two rounds of DBT. So I'm in my third six months now. and I attend all the all the one-to-one sessions all the group sessions and then twice a day we have mindfulness as well yeah so there's different modules of dbt that all relate to different situations um I think when I started it was very much that I had to think of the skill and put it and put it to use but now because I've been doing it for so long um I've practiced it so many times it's sort of it's just second nature and it just comes to me. Um, and I use those skills without thinking, oh, okay, I need to do this, this and this.
0: Yeah, you must be very fit because I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> going up <laughs> this hill. But uh, what do you make of the grounds here? The grounds are very nice.
1: Yeah, no, the grounds are amazing. I've never been somewhere where I've got this much space to go for walks and spend time outside. Um, and it's it's, it's nice because if you get the, the like... Um, the first leave you get is in the grounds. Right. And when I've had that in other places, it's been like this tiny, like, back garden. <laughs> Whereas here, you've got a golf course to walk around.
0: Maybe you could talk about the, the different stages. So you said the first part is going to the grounds. Yeah. And then I presume you progress then to to further level. So at the moment, you've got someone with you. Yeah. Is that right? And then you move to the stage where you don't have anyone with you, is it? Or
1: You start um with... Just sitting outside the building in okay. the grounds and then once you're able to manage your intake orally so don't need tube feeding yeah. you can go on walks around the grounds um, it's with staff escorted are we right to go this way and yeah, um, it's with staff escorted at first um, and then after grounds you go you get leave to go to wellingborough road which is i don't know how you describe it it's not really a high street but it's got shops along it it. Yeah. yeah um and then you can get community leave which is like abington park um sort of like local area um and that's really useful because on tuesdays we do um a group session out so all the patients go out to the community we usually go for a walk around abington park or go to a cafe um and then after community leave you can go town leave which again is with staff um I think most people get, like, two hours a week of town leave. Um, and then beyond town leave, you can get um, local environment as well. So that's just going a little bit further again. Um, that's usually sort of, like, the regular leave that people get. Um, and then once they m- they don't need as much support, you can build up the leave without having staff with you, so going on unescorted leave. Um, and then there's also, like, um, occasional different leaves, so... Um, getting a one-off leave to go home or a one-off leave to go out with your family, so I had home leave a few weeks ago um, and that was like a three-hour drive, so it was quite a long way, quite a big thing to do, but it was really good and being given that opportunity makes me um, sort of, like, get a taste for the outside world again and see what I'm really working Uh, towards. I was going to say
0: that, so when was the last time you were out, like, in the community just not in a hospital? Not in hospital. Yeah.
1: Um... Wow, that's a good question. I think the last time I was properly in, in the community yeah. and not in hospital all the time was probably when I was 15. So that would be okay. about five years ago.
0: Right. That's so what other kind of stuff do you like doing um, on the water? So Obviously, you've got your DBT. Have you got any other stuff like you know uh, art or music or writing or?
1: Yeah. So I go swimming once right. a week. I go okay. to the gym. Um, sometimes I sometimes go to the tennis court to practice my serves. Um, And then I cook lunch for myself once a week. Uh, And I go to town. So there's quite a lot of different things that I do. And then I also play cello. So Um, I have cello lessons here.
0: So there must be a music room
1: somewhere. Yeah. So there's like an OT sort of wing that has music, art, beauty therapy. Sort of all the different occupational therapy stuff.
0: And do do you feel that maybe as you're getting better you start to do this stuff a little bit more
1: yeah so as you require less support you get um the leave written up to be able to go and do these things so as you get better you have more opportunities to go out and do those things um and it definitely helps sort of motivate you because it keeps you busy gives you time off the ward which is yeah it's useful
0: so where where do you think you're going or hoping to go when you know you leave this place or, or what's your progress or how are we getting on
1: um, yes, yeah, so I'm doing good. I said I've good. I've been told that I have at least another six months here. Okay. Um, I've actually got a CPA, uh, which is a oh, I don't even know what it means. I think yeah. it's a, ca- a care progress approach or right. care plan approach. And so in that meeting, we'll be discussing what my options are post discharge. Um, because it's it's it there's different like um routes that people go down Mm -hmm. and so you can return to your family home return like get your own place or go to supported accommodation um there's quite a few different options and it's it's different for every person but it does take a long time to organize it um and find the right place
0: so you're you're so, so you're saying um this next meeting you have, yeah. the next CTA meeting, yeah. they're hoping maybe looking towards somewhere for you to go? Or...
1: Yeah, so I think it will be discussed as to what the different options are and how we can start exploring. What, what do you wh-
0: think you'd like? Or what was your
1: I really preference? don't know yet. I'm quite torn between wanting to go back to my family home yeah. um, and wanting to go to supported accommodation because I've obviously gained a lot of independence being in hospital, but at the same time, i am not good at being on my own i'm definitely a people person and i like to be around others um so that's sort of the conflict between living at my own place and living with my family so
0: you're saying supported accommodation so because a lot of the patients talk about that what does that mean yeah so that's like um
1: so i've never i've never actually seen okay. a supported accommodation or been to one um but i'm pretty sure it's like an apartment setting Mm -hmm. or a building with different apartments or rooms depending on where it is and then there's staffing, staffing that's there um, sort of 24-7 so that if you need help you can go and ask for it, if you need support with things you can ask someone to sit with you.
0: I guess the big key is you you wouldn't be sectioned, would you?
1: No, yeah, you, 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 no, in the community if you're in supported accommodation you're not sectioned.
0: So you can kind of come and go as you please, but there is staff there in case, I don't know.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
0: I'm going all the way back, if, if you don't mind, I go all the way back. So yeah. that process of you being sectioned.
1: Process of me being sectioned.
0: The, the, the time when you were sectioned. Yeah. So I was. What were your feelings about that? Because there's a lot of, particularly out in the community, people don't really know what it is or kind of yeah. what it means to be sectioned. So
1: there's quite a few different sections. Um, sectioning just means being detained under the Mental Health Act, right. um, and so there's a there's a section that police can use, yeah. there's a section that nurses can use, there's a section that like doctors in an A and E can use, there's a section that responsible clinicians and consultants has so many different ones. It's really hard to like discuss it as, uh, as like a blanket term. Um,
0: but I guess the overall thing is, you must be really unwell to get.
1: Yeah, so you will get sectioned if. You, your life is in danger so if you can't look after yourself yeah. or whether if, it, if you've got an eating disorder and the eating disorder is going to be taken hold or if you're psychotic or a risk to others um, so there's loads of different reasons why you might be sectioned um, I was first detain, detained under the Mental Health Act when I was 15 um, so I was struggling with psychosis then yeah. um, and I was sectioned and put in a CAMS unit Do you
0: mind if I ask a bit about the Said you with psychosis, yeah, yeah. What
1: did that look like? Or what was um, so mine was at it, was I can't remember a huge amount of the time, it was quite a lo- long time ago, yeah. Um, and obviously, I was unwell, but um, I had a lot of confusion and um, delusions about my position in the world, and I thought we were all being controlled by a higher power. Um, and I had some strange views about religion and my like power, um. But it was, I think, it was very, very scary for my family, um, having to deal with that. Was it
0: scary for you? I mean, you know.
1: yeah. Even looking back on it now, I just, I, I can't like remember a huge amount about it. But it's just scary thinking about how your body can just be taken, the control can just be taken away by an illness like that.
0: Yeah. And so, obviously, um, you were sectioned at that point. Yeah. Like, I guess they put your medication, or
1: yeah. So, they. They Always do different things, I think because I was a child at the time, right. um, they were reluctant to use medication, mm. um, but I'm pretty sure that I was refusing to take it back then as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since then I've been sectioned over 30 times, but that's including all the like 48 hour sections that um, doctors in a and stuff can do.
0: Okay, so that's interesting. So they've taken you for 48 hours, you said?
1: Yeah, so so you can get that's that's the, the short one, yeah. So you can get set in for 48 hours.
0: So what have you got planned for your day? So what's on your schedule?
1: Um so, so I am going down to the post office at 11 because I need to post my care packages which I have a uh, fundraiser called Stoner's care packages and I make um I make them for hospital pediatric wards. So I'll be sending them off to Southampton and Birmingham today. Um, so, so look, I'm going to so, so you're
0: saying you you give packages? You, you you're in hospital yourself, yeah. but you're designing these kind of care packages for kids that are in hospital as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it it's a good distraction. It keeps me busy and it's helping other people, which helps me. Yeah, so, toys and things, or so it's got um they've got uh, stress toys in it, um like things for distraction, and then there's some self-soothe stuff that um like soaps that smell nice, um like a pack of cards, um but yeah. So I have a um, fundraiser page and I use donations to make the care packages and send them off. Wow. So this is the day area and it's where everyone sort of sits during the day and um, yeah it's where everyone sort of comes together and this ward isn't hugely big but we've got the quiet room here which is where people will have, it's, they're all locked, oh, okay. um, where people have their feeds um and oh, so every,
0: everything is locked I yeah everything's is locked that, yeah.
1: yeah and then so this is the therapy kitchen yeah. um so a couple of us have our meals in here so in the ki- in the dining room um the meals are all supervised and there's staff sat at every table but if you're in the therapy kitchen um it's not supervised so there's no staff in here okay and so at the moment there's two of us that sit in there um and it's nice to just sort of like build up the independence yeah, um yeah. and have our own space and responsibility to finish the meals ourselves yeah And then this is the meeting room, so there's Ward Round going on in there now. Um, And so Ward Round is just a a sort of weekly review of people's progress. And so we have it once every two weeks. Um, And then down here is just the bedroom corridor. So this is everyone's rooms. They're all packed up at the moment because we're actually moving wards on Wednesday. Um, So I've got about 15 boxes of my stuff in there. (laughs) Yeah, need those wellies. Someone walks around the grounds, Um, and then there's a stairwell there that just leads down to an outdoor courtyard. Um, And there's like a basketball court as well down there. It's really nice. Um, And then we have our pet bunny um, Willow, which is nice. She comes up for cuddles sometimes. She's very cute. And is she
0: moving with you? I presume she is. She's coming with us.
1: Yeah. So we're literally just moving to the ward next door. We're moving to Ashby. Oh. Okay. Um, So it's not very far, but it's still. All the rooms are locked or? <laughs> so yeah all the bedrooms are kept locked and yeah. there's different support levels so if you're requiring less support um you can have your bedroom open and access it whenever right um we can we can go and have a look in here but um these rooms are actually very nice compared to some of the other ones i've been to um but yeah everything's sort of safety proofed so um can't hurt yourself with you it TV, which
0: is good I yeah
1: guess. yeah you can actually see on the goals here, I made this board when oh, we wow. when we moved here in February. And so these goals are old because I can't rub the pen off the board, <laughs> it wouldn't come off. Um, and so these goals are from February and you did, can uh, see- so did,
0: I was gonna say, do you mind reading out the goals? Yeah, so, so my goals, goals then
1: yeah. were eat something at every meal, um, go at least one month without going to a cut mean-
0: so you mind if I ask about that yeah. one? so that
1: specific one so you have yeah. to A&E a lot. Is it? So I yeah the cell farm that I used to engage in a lot was re- required A&E visits and often required surgery as well. I won't go into details of what it was because it's not helpful for people okay, to Yeah, but so just that
0: um, was one of your goals.
1: but yeah, so I was in A&E a lot so I just thought I should make it a goal. Yeah. Um and then there's come off 2 to 1 observations so that was when I had two members of staff with me all the time. Um yeah so come off of that and then be allowed pens so i wasn't allowed pens for a long time because wow. they were a risk item for me yeah. um but it, just looking back on that now i can see i've come a really long way because i'm allowed pens yeah.
0: uh, well i'm just saying the next one is get grounds. Leave. yeah get
1: granted yeah exactly so i've done that as well and then there's a few behind the box as well um but yeah looking at that i can't wipe it off but i can look at it and be like i've come a long way so
0: when you were doing these things did you... Did you feel like
1: you wanted to die or what was your... Yeah, so I was very, very suicidal for a yes. long time. And I think even now I still sometimes get those thoughts. Yeah. Um, but there was a long period of time where I was engaging in very, very risky self-harm. But oh. I was adamant that I didn't want to die and it was just that I, th- I thought I was like invincible and I was mm. just convinced that every time i do these things that I would come out fine. Yeah. Um, but everyone around me was absolutely terrified because I wasn't fine and I couldn't see the... Um, degree of what I was doing and I think it really really panicked people, panicked doctors, panicked surgeons and they were like if you keep doing this you're gonna die and I just turn around and be like no, no I'm not, I'm invincible. But now I've learned that the more progress I make, the longer I go without self harming, the longer I go um, eating well, it's easier to carry on and so if I go a month or so without self harming I don't feel the need to do it as much. And even though it is a long way to fall if i pick myself up every single time i'm going to get further and i think that's a really important thing that i've been able to demonstrate to myself
0: so i'm i'm back again we're on the move again this time we're going to uh a bit further we're going to town and and can you explain why are we going to town
1: um so i'm just heading to the post office um i've got some care packages to post for and my fundraiser, Sedona's Care Packages. So I'm just sending them, some off to Southampton Hospital and some to Birmingham Children's Hospital. I do it when they've used up all the care packages. (laughs) So I'm in contact with the play specialist because it's the paediatric wards, um, and so they let me know when they need more.
0: Do you find this a like, lot rewarding so obviously you know you're helping other people
1: yeah no so helping others it really helps me and a couple of weeks ago um, i actually got interviewed by the bbc and then the um southern echo newspaper as well so just trying to get the word out a bit more and reach out to other hospitals
0: and so but do you find it helps you kind of your mental health i guess that you
1: yeah, no, it definitely does because I I'm always up for helping other people and the reason that I started it was because when I was on the paediatric wards, um, this is what I would have found like I would have found helpful if someone did for me.
0: And, and you said you get you get replies sometimes from the places where they go.
1: Yeah, so I'm in communication with the play specialists of these different hospitals, yeah. um, and then I have people contacting through the Facebook page as well asking for. Um, if I can donate to them
0: yeah. and do you find like it's so obviously going back to you do you find it hard you know going back into the community I guess so you having to go to the you know busy post office and town center
1: um it was really hard at first and when I first went to the post office I walked away and forgot to pay and it was really embarrassing <laughs> um but it gets easier the more that I do it
0: right again I suppose that's the kind of um doing things gradually right? yeah yeah So listen, we're just at the gates here. I'm gonna. I just want to say thank you so much for thank
1: you. interviewing me. And no worries.
0: I was interviewing you, but you know. But thank you for being involved. Yeah. And these care packages are brilliant, and I hope all the kids love them. And okay. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. right? Thank you. Bye now.
1: Bye.
0: Wow. So uh, I'm back outside now, sitting on the bench after all that walking and talking. Um, I think you'll agree that. I mean that patient is amazing doing them packages for children that are in hospital uh, not only helping her but also helping the, the children you know some of their mental health needs and, and she's right that in hospitals sometimes particularly general hospital, we don't tend to focus on children's mental health needs so um, that was a really inspiring episode for me and I hope you, hope you enjoyed it again it would really help me if you could uh, rate, review and kind of share the podcast so for anybody you think might be interested in it give them a heads up, let them know it's out there and uh, I'll catch you for the next episode of the On The Ward podcast.